Good morning, church. How are we this morning? Good. Great to see you. Normally, oh, hang on. Let me turn this. Don't want to ruin the new stand. Um, normally, I'm only hosting, so it's quite weird to be uh, preaching this morning and bringing you the word, but it's also a privilege at the same time. Um, so for those of you who don't know, my name is Emily. Um, I've been coming to Encounter for about seven years, which doesn't feel like seven years, I know. A long old time. Um, I'm married to Isaac, who is the assistant pastor here, who plays the keys. Um, and he, along with the Lord, does keep me sane and in check. Because for those of you who know me, I like to go a million one miles per hour. So sometimes it's good for me to take stock and, and go steady. Um, so I'm going to talk to you this morning um, about um, guarantee. Okay, so God's guarantee. Um, now, there might be lots of you here sitting here thinking, do you know what? Um, maybe you're middle-aged, maybe. And you're thinking, I've heard a million one preachers about God's promises and guarantee, but I really feel as though God's put this word on my heart. And actually, it's maybe for some of you in here, it's, it's a timely reminder that you need to remember God's promises and his guarantees this morning. So I'm just going to pray in a second. I want you to, to think and, and ask God, okay, God, I want you to be really open and say, what do you want to do in my life? Not just the person next to you, but what do you want to speak to me in my life this morning about your guarantees um, and your promises? So would you just join with me as we pray together? Yeah, Father God, we just thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you for that great time of worship, Lord, that was just so led by your spirit. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you, we can have the greatest guarantee. Lord, I pray for every single person here this morning, Lord, those that maybe don't believe in you yet, Lord, those that have been Christians and journeying with you for many, many years. But Lord, I pray that we would all be really open this morning to what you want to say to us, Father, that we wouldn't be closed off. Jesus, we wouldn't have that voice in our head that says, oh, I don't need to learn anything from this. I know everything. But actually, Lord, that we would just become humble before you in what you want to say, Lord. It's not about me and my words, Lord, but it's about you and what you want to speak to us this morning. So I pray that we would walk out of this building truly changed by you. Your name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Now, um, I'm sure you'll agree with me, church, that this life is full of um, things in life that aren't maybe guaranteed, although we wish that they were. So, um, you know, in an uncertain world, we do live with little guarantee. And I just want to start off by a story um, for you this morning. So um, I work in Coventry, which is about an hour from where we live. It's, it's a long old trek. And um, one morning, I left at about 6.30 in the morning. Oh, no, it's so early. At 6.30 in the morning, I'm driving along the motorway, middle lane. My dad calls me a middle lane driver. Sorry, everyone. I think I am that. I'm driving along the middle lane on the motorway, 70 miles an hour, keeping to the speed limit, may I add, okay? Um, driving along 70 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bam, the bonnet flies up and smacks my window screen. Now, every one of you in here, you've probably never experienced that, because that's quite a random thing to happen. Unfortunately, I have. And let me tell you, it comes with quite a fright. So I obviously screamed, because you don't expect that at 70 miles an hour. Um, and so we know that cars are just not guaranteed, are they, to not go wrong? Like, who would think that that would ever happen? So I'm like there driving at the driving seat, and I'm having to like bend down to look in the small crack to make sure I don't crash the car in front, and that I can get over to the hard shoulder safely. <sighs> Well, I've still got a bit of PTSD from it, actually. Um, let me tell you something else that wasn't guaranteed that, that morning. That about 6.40 a.m. when I safely pulled over to the hard shoulder and rung my husband, what wasn't guaranteed is that my dear husband would answer his phone at 6.40 in the morning also. He, he tells me he was having his quiet time with the Lord. 
Yeah, I'll leave that one to your uh, judgment. So uh, that wasn't guaranteed, but thankfully my dad came to the rescue and he did answer the phone because in that moment, I know you've got to ring the insurance, but I was panicked, you know, and I, could, I was there on the hard shoulder. You would have laughed if you see me. I was like trying to push the bonnet back down, but it was just completely mangled. It was awful. Um, anyway, so what, what also wasn't guaranteed is that when I finally got picked up and thought, yeah, let me get the car back to our garage and get it fixed. No, no, the insurance don't pay out for that if you take it to your own garage. I've learned that the hard way. Um, and just before I kind of get into this series, I've got one more little uh, story. And I realise both these stories look, might make my husband look really bad, but I promise you he's an amazing husband. Just want just to start with that caveat. Yeah, that's it. Um, so <laughs> one of my really close friends was getting married in Cornwall, which, as you know, is about four or five hours from here. Yeah, we're going there. So, and we're driving along, having a lovely time. We arrive in Cornwall. It's a bit of a reunion with some of my old friends. So I'm so excited. We're staying in the hotel the night before. It's a lovely little get-together. We get up the next morning, go down, have breakfast, catch up. You know, all the lovely things. And um, Isaac was singing at my friend's wedding. So he'd gone to the church to rehearse. He was there. Anyway, we uh, were having breakfast. And time gets away with you on those mornings, doesn't it? You think you've got all the time in the world, and then all of a sudden you don't. So we had about an hour left, and we thought, let's go back upstairs. Let's, you know, go and get ready. So go in, have a shower, get ready. And I go into the wardrobe to look for my dress that day. I've got matching fascinator, matching shoes, you know. Well, could I find my dress? No, I couldn't. And even though there was only about two things in the wardrobe, I kept moving things, thinking it would appear. You know, and I was looking in the drawers of the hotel. You always look in places that it never would be, don't you? But out of panic, I looked everywhere. I even looked in the shower. Don't ask. It happened. Anyway, I'm thinking, where is my dress? I ring my friend who's in the other room saying, do you have my dress? She was like, why would I have your dress? So I ring Isaac and I said, Isaac, you know, before we left the house on Friday and I asked you to grab your suit and my dress, you did grab my dress, didn't you? Oh, I didn't hear you say that, Emily. So by this point, church, we're half an hour before the start of the service and I'm without a dress. I frantically look through my suitcase thinking, surely I've got something. No, no, just jeans and t-shirts. And it was one of my close friends. I was panicked. Isaac said nothing on the phone because he knew. He knew. And I didn't, I couldn't guarantee that he did hear me. I couldn't guarantee that he heard me before we left. And so in his defense, I should have got it myself. I should have checked. If you know me, you know I always check those things. Anyway, so with 20 minutes to go, I go into my friend's room and she says, don't worry, Emily, I've got a spare dress. And if there's one color that doesn't suit me in this life church, it's salmon. (laughs) That dress was salmon. And, um, but, you know, it's okay. So I said, okay, yeah, that's amazing. I just need to kind of calm down a little bit. Give me a job to do. She was like, okay, iron my dress. Okay. So I iron her dress, and all of a sudden, the iron gets a little sticky. Yeah. And I pull off the iron, and the, this, the biggest almighty hole is in her designer dress. So now we have two girls, one dress. Two girls, one dress. Anyway, we made it work. The, in the pictures, I mean, I look like... A, an actual fish. She, she's got a hole in her dress. But do you know what? What a great memory. What a great memory. And do you know what? Even if it was just for today's preach, then it was worth it. Um, but in those moments, and they're just a couple of funny stories, but it just shows you that nothing is guaranteed in this world, is it, church? I couldn't guarantee that Isaac did hear me on that Friday. I can't guarantee that my car's always going to work. 
Now, I'm sure that many of you in, the, in this room have a story where you can emphasize um, and empathize, sorry, of things that truly do not have a guarantee, even though we, we wish that they did. Even a guarantee when we buy something, it comes with a host of conditions, doesn't it? That you can replace it within this many days, or it's only under guarantee if X, Y, and Z happens, or should I say R-S-T-U-V. Like, there's always loads of conditions, isn't there? And in this world, church, nothing is guaranteed. Everything comes with a contingent. We really, really do not know what tomorrow holds, but we do know who holds the future. We have the best and only guarantee in this world, don't we, church? And we see it all the time on the likes of Facebook Marketplace and Gumtree that people say things like, in good working order, sold as seen. We all know what that means. And we really hope that it's true. We really hope it's going to work. But we can't be assured. We can't be sure. Maybe, uh, for those of you who are younger in the room and have TikTok, maybe there's the latest TikTok trend. And I've been there where they say, like, get whiter teeth in 10 days. And you start to think, deep down in your sceptical mind, surely that is too good to be true. But then you think, well, maybe I'll give it a go. What have I got to lose? And then you buy the product and it just sits there on your shelf getting dust. But actually, God's promises and guarantees, they aren't just spoken. They're written and they're proven. There's evidence to back it up. Because living by God's guarantee, what have we genuinely got to lose? What have we got to lose, church? What are some of the things that God guarantees us? Well, we're guaranteed his love, his power, his faithfulness, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, his peace, his hope, his joy, his assurance that he is our father, friend, saviour and our king. That his salvation and eternal life for us is with him for all those who believe. And, you know, I want you to think for a moment, even since you woke up this morning, how have you trusted in one of these promises? Have you? Do we just get distracted by the ever-changing world and the busyness of life that we forget to lean into his promises? And like I say, you might have heard this a million and one times, but for some of you this morning, you need to remember the promises of God on a daily basis. Because why do we trust? What, sorry, why do we doubt? Why do we only rely on the ever-changing things of this world? Why do we become stressed and worried when God has promised us peace? Why do we feel guilt when we've been forgiven and we're shown grace and mercy? Why do we feel alone when God is right there beside us? And I want you, for 30 seconds, we are going to have a moment of silence. I want you to think of maybe a time when perhaps you've been walking through a trial. Maybe it was small. Maybe it was a really big trial. And I want you to think, was there anything that stopped you in that moment from relying on God's guarantee? And if so, what was it? What stopped you relying on God's guarantee? Just think for 30 seconds as we're still as a church this morning. Because I can guarantee for each and every one of you, there's something that stops us in those moments 
from trusting in God and his promises. When I was uh, writing this message in the week, we had a message um, that our friend was really, really poorly taken into hospital, and it was a matter of life and death. And I felt as though God just said to me in that moment, now is the time, Emily. Now is the time to put into practice what you're actually writing about. And sometimes we forget in that moment, don't we? We forget in that moment to trust in his promises and his guarantees. I'm just going to read a Bible passage this morning. Um, It's Joshua's story, so it's Joshua 1, verses 1 to 10, if you want to turn with me. I'm uh, reading from the uh, New Living Translation. Chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittites country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law, the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let me repeat that. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What a story, hey? What a promise. And what a purposeful life Joshua then went on to lead. Because he trusted in the guarantees of God. Church, we need to take stock this morning and remind ourselves that God has never, ever, ever made a promise that he cannot keep. Never. Let's just remind ourselves of a few promises just in that passage. Wherever you set foot, You'll be in land I have given you. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How does God's guarantee change things for Joshua? Well, that's just it. It changes everything. It changes everything. What, what does God's guarantee change for us, for you? Does it? Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I wonder if I invited you to come on the stage and to share three areas that you've lived out God's guarantee in your life just in the last couple of weeks, would you be able to reel them off your tongue? I think I'd have to really think about it. Three areas straight away of where you've leaned into the promises of God over the last two weeks. Would it be easy for you? 
Because living by God's guarantee, what do we have to lose? What do we have to lose? And I often say this to to those um, that I know that don't know Jesus yet, and I'm sure you've said it too and you've heard it many a time. If we have believed and lived by Christ for our whole lives, we get to the end and we realize that it's not true. We've lost nothing. We've lost absolutely nothing. But if we get to the end of our lives not believing in God, and it is true, we have lost everything. And we want to gain everything, don't we, church? And God has said to us, he wants us to live, us, uh, he wants us to live a life in its fullness, in all its fullness. So that means trusting in his daily guarantees. That means that when there's a moment when someone asks you to do something at work and you're nervous about it, that then in that very moment you're reminded of his guarantees. And maybe for some of us, we need to go away and we need to simply revise and memorize those guarantees and promises in the Bible so that when something happens, we can reel it off. We can reel it off and speak it out in the name of Jesus. Are we living as though the King of Kings is our ultimate guarantee? Are we being the light of Christ? Are we trusting in his faithfulness? Are we telling people about Jesus? Because if there's one thing in life that's guaranteed and that's him, why aren't we telling people about him? That's the only thing that's guaranteed in this life. Why aren't we telling more people? And that isn't me condemning us as a church saying, you're not telling enough people, it's not. It's meant to be a healthy challenge because if that is the only guarantee in this life, Surely we should be telling everyone. Because there's people in your life right now who need to hear about his everlasting love, his joy, his peace, his hope. They need to hear those things, church. And we need to tell them. We need to tell them of the best and only guarantee they will ever have in this ever-changing world. In 2018, I felt as though God wanted me to move out of the place that I was working. I was training people about how to go out and work with young people. And um, I felt God say that he wanted me to step out and go into the secular world. And I'll be really honest, I was really scared and really frightened about what that looked like. I kept thinking things like this, what if, what if I'm rubbish at a new job? Like, what if I'm just not very good at it? I'm good at my current job. What if I'm not good at a new job? What if I can't even get a new job? What if I make a mistake? What if this is a mistake to move? What if no one likes me at at a new place? What if I get things wrong? But I really, really tried, church, and it was hard to trust in his faithfulness and his promises and go, okay, God, if that's what you want, I will move. And I remember we went away on holiday in that summer and I honestly spent the whole time sitting there listening to worship songs thinking, I've made a mistake. I've honestly made a mistake. Psalms 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I did get a new role and I was a youth worker across two schools. And I'd not done that for years and years. So I did a youth worker across two schools, and they were both very, very different schools. And one of the schools was so great in so many aspects. But have you ever been somewhere where you just feel like you don't fit? You just feel like, I don't fit here. And that was me. I really, really struggled, and I became quite anxious. And I'm not a naturally anxious person. I became quite anxious. 
When I was on my drive to work, I would often be teary, thinking, okay, what will today hold? And I, I can't put my finger on what it was. But I would always hum that tune. I don't want to get the words wrong. You know the song that says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And every time I left my office, I would always hum that tune to myself because it was just an assurance that God was with me, that when I feel like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. And I really wanted to continue to trust in God's faithfulness that he'd called me there. But to be honest, it was a struggle. And I thought, I, I, I've got to move on. I need to, and I'm not someone who gives up, but I thought, I can't do this. I, I need to move on. But I really, really felt as though God just said, no, carry on. And I was like, oh, no, Lord, please. And then... Um, A new job came up in the second school that I absolutely loved, and it was a full-time position. And isn't it always the way that when you feel like you've had an answer to prayer and you feel like God's saying, okay, look, I told you to wait, and here's an open door, that someone discourages you? There's always always a discouraging whisper. And someone said to me, you're not ready for that job. And I thought, they're right. They are right. I'm not ready for that job. And then I started to doubt myself. I started to doubt in the promise that God had clearly given me. And also, I'm going to be honest with you, I wanted to prove them wrong. I am that person. So I went for the job, and by God's grace, I got the position. And then God then continued to propel me into a place of influence in my school, where I'm now, I'm now able to speak the guarantee of his love, joy, and hope to the students and staff that I work with. And I'm really trying to live out his promises. I'm really, really trying. I really feel as though God has called me there. I feel as though I'm in his purpose, but it's not easy. But God, um, I always um, think about and work with the line that the students that I work with and the staff that I work with are like sheep without a shepherd. And I'm here to show them who the shepherd is. And I'm sure if I went around with the microphone and asked you all for really similar stories about how you trusted in God's faithfulness and God's promises, you would be able to reel loads off. And sometimes we forget those and we need to remind ourselves of those. Here are just some promises in um, the Bible. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear for I am with you. Deuteronomy 3 verse 18, he will not leave nor forsake you. John 16.33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Psalms 32 verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Psalms 37 verses 23 to 24. The Lord makes firm the, step, the, the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Wow. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. That's crazy, isn't it? And if there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible... Does our life genuinely look different because of them? Genuinely, on the everyday, let's be real and honest with ourselves. Does it genuinely look different? Because I know for me, I'm a worrier. I worry. How many times when I'm starting to worry about something, am I reminding myself of God's promises? Do not fear for I am with you. 
You know, Philippians 4 verse 6 about giving our worries onto him. How many times do I worry and then straight away remind myself of God's guarantee and promise? That is definitely something I need to work on. Definitely. Because church, living by God's guarantee, what have we got to lose? What have we got to lose? This is eternal impact we're talking about here. We went to um, our friend Phil's book launch recently. Never been to a book launch before. Anyone been to a book launch? No, what, Dot? Come on, Dot. Well done, Dot. Um, they're, really, they're really great, actually. I thought I'd find it really boring, but it wasn't. Um, so we went to a book launch recently, and the guy who started Cap was there, John Kirkby. And he was speaking about, um, you know, how he started Christians Against Poverty and, and his reasoning for doing that. And I was so, so inspired and blown away by his story. You know, we know about Cap. We hear about Cap all the time. Obviously, we're supporters of Cap here at church. But I'd never looked into the background of it. And then um, John was sharing about how God was calling him out to give up his really good career in finance. So I'm sure that, you know, he got paid well and it was a good career. But he really, really felt as though God was calling him out. And so he listened. He listened and he trusted in the promises of Christ. And he wanted to use his knowledge of finance to help the poor because he knew that poverty was just massive in this country. So he stepped out um, and he knew that not only people in his town were struggling with debt and poverty, but right across the country. And he thought, how can I make a change? So he began CAP in 1996. And um, since then, I was looking it up, since then, they've now helped over 20,000 people become debt-free since 2010. And over 800 people have made a commitment to Jesus since 2010. How amazing is that? One man, one man trusted in a guarantee of Christ. And look at the lives that have been changed. And do you know what, church? He may have lost some things. He may have lost some things. He may have lost finances, a change of lifestyle. When we're looking at earthly impact, he may have actually lost some things. But what I'm asking us to do today, church, is think about the eternal impact. What is the eternal impact of him trusting in God's guarantee? What is the eternal impact? Because the reality is, we will lose things in this life. We will, in trusting in God's guarantee. But we know that there's so much more. We're not just here for this everyday life, church. We are here for eternal impact. So I'll say it again, because living by God's guarantee, when we're looking at eternal impact, what do we have to lose? What do we have to lose? And I'm going to round up in a moment. But as I was writing this, I realized that this is a bit of an offshoot from what I'm talking about. But I feel like there's someone, maybe one or two of you, that need to hear this this morning. And that's about purpose. I feel as though some of you right now are looking for your purpose in the affirmation of others, the assurance from social media, how well you do your career, how many friends you have, maybe by how many people you serve and help. But we need to realise that our purpose is guaranteed in Christ, nothing else is guaranteed in him. And he has the most wonderful ways of guiding us, doesn't he? In the very darkest of times. And someone needs to hear this this morning. It's a quote that I read a few weeks ago and I've just tweaked it slightly. 
We need to be more concerned with the purpose and character that God has given us and promised us rather than our reputation. Because our purpose and our character in him is who we really are, while our reputation is merely what others think you are. I'm going to read that again. Someone needs to hear that this morning. We need to be more concerned with the purpose and character that God has given us and promised us rather than our reputation. Because our purpose and character in him is who we really are, while our reputation is merely what others think you are. And maybe there's someone, a few of you here this morning, that are so concerned by your reputation. You're so concerned by your reputation that you've forgotten the reason we're here on this earth. You've forgotten the guarantee of Christ is what you need to live by, the only thing we need to live by. So let me finish with 2 Corinthians verses 1 to 22. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church to just encourage them. Maybe it'll be an encouragement for you this morning. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm in Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. If we give our lives to Christ, which so many of you have, if we give our lives to Christ, he has guaranteed us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to help you day in, day out. Don't forget that. Whether you've been a Christian for 50 years, whether you've been a Christian for one, don't forget that. Because remember this. Because living by God's guarantee, what do we have to lose? In telling someone about the gospel, what do we have to lose? So church, in a moment, we're just going to play a song at the back because I just want all of us to respond this morning. I want you to think, while the song plays in a moment, I want you to think, how does God's guarantees, how does his promises change things for you in your everyday lives? From Monday right through to Sunday, how does it actually genuinely, we're talking, change things for you? I want you to just have a conversation with God. Just say, Lord, what is it? What guarantee am I not trusting in right now? What promise are you prompting in my heart right now that I've forgotten about, that I need reminding of, that I need to live out, that I need to share with someone? What is it for you specifically? Don't think about the people around you for you specifically. Ask God this morning, what is it, Lord? What are the guarantees that I need to live my life by? Maybe it's that he guarantees you peace, hope, that he'll never leave you or forsake you. What is it this morning, church? So we're just going to play the song um, from the back. And I just want you to sit there and just have some time by yourself, maybe reading your Bible, praying, just talking with God. And I want him to speak to each and every one of you this morning.
Amazing. Now, um, just as I was sitting there praying, I had um, an image of uh, a house. Um, and I feel as though maybe there's someone this morning that is trying to trust in the ever-changing things of this world that maybe you've got a, a family relationship that's not going very well at the minute or a friend relationship that's not going well. And if that is you, at the end, I'd love to pray with you. But I hope in that song... And if you listen to the word, it's amazing. I love listening to that song and just is a reminder of God's promises. And I hope this morning that you've been reminded by a promise of God that you need to hold dearly to in this season of your life. Now, there's a couple more responses that may only apply to some of you. And I'm just going to invite the worship band to come forward um, as we prepare to sing our final song. So I feel as though when I was preparing for this, there's, there's um, some people in here that there's a guarantee in life that you've simply forgotten about and you just need to be reminded of that, of how to actually work that through with God. Actually, you don't have the answers. You know it's a guarantee of God's that you've forgotten, maybe you've been reminded of in the last few minutes, but you need to know from God how to work that through with him. And then there's a second thing as well, is that Some of you feel as though maybe your purpose is somewhat found in this ever-changing world instead of in Christ Jesus. That you feel as though your purpose may just be in the ever-changing things of this world. That if one thing goes wrong, if one thing changes, it rocks your whole world. And this morning, uh, maybe to have some prayer that actually your purpose would truly be in Christ who never changes. Let me say that one line again, because living by God's guarantee, when we're looking at eternal impact, what do we have to lose? So if either of those things apply, apply to you this morning, or maybe it's nothing, maybe it's not those two responses about simply forgetting God's guarantees or about purpose, maybe it's about something else. There's just going to be a small team around the front, Phil and Wendy and some of the leadership teams, you can come forward. And just as we sing this last song, we're here to pray for you. We're a family church. Okay, it doesn't mean when you come forward that it's because you've got things wrong in your life. Absolutely not. It's because you want to be more like Christ. It's not a taboo to have someone pray for you. So if you do want to come forward as we sing this last song, then that's what we're here for, to pray with you this morning, church. Thank you.